0: Hey guys, it's Karissa Karana. So, I just watched the craziest movie it was called Wounds. It was on Hulu. Um, I had saved it, and I thought like to myself when I originally saved it, like, mm, probably shouldn't watch it in front of my kids. Uh, not necessarily true as far as, like, <laughs> um, it being gory or anything, because that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be, like, crazy gory when I first saw the trailer for it. Um but it is definitely horror. It's definitely psychological thriller horror. Um, And yeah, possibly my kids would be able to watch it. However, (laughs) this movie had my mind like just wheels turning (laughs) because, okay, so after we watched the movie, I ended up going on YouTube and I wanted to see like what other people say about the film, um, explain the ending kind of thing. I had some thoughts in my mind but I just wanted to you know further confirm however when I went on YouTube and I was we were watching like different people explaining their thoughts on the film I'm not gonna discredit it because it's their thoughts obviously but Something about YouTube movie like the guys that are on YouTube and I don't know I haven't come across a female movie reviewer. So if you guys know a female movie reviewer, please message me, please comment, please tell me what what this person is because I, I really want to find them. Because so far I only see like male Movie reviewers, and there's something about the Mill movie reviewer that is so bland to me. Um, I mean, I subscribe to them, I watch them, but if you guys notice, like, I love true crime, I love all these things, and so when I watch females do it, like, females tend to get more into it. They want to know all the little details, where guys they just kind of tell you as it is. It's very literal. So I was having a hard time with that. I was like, oh my god, like he's so literal with what he thought the movie was because to start off let me just kind of let you guys know what it is so the movie itself is called wounds it's rated r it came out last year and it stars Army hammer and dakota johnson and then zazzy beats brad william henke and carl uh i think his last name is Glass glussman gloosman i haven't really seen too many movies with carl so this was my first with him and i can say he is a pretty good actor he did very well with this film Uh, and then i haven't really seen too many with zazzy beats but i thought she was so beautiful like i was sitting there so struck in by her beauty (laughs) um she's very distracting but um obviously, I've seen so many films with Dakota Johnson, and she's just a, an incredible actress, and she plays these films very well. So I was initially intrigued to watch this film because of her. I had never seen Army Hammer in in a type of like scary movie. I think the last time I saw him in a movie was that movie about Facebook. Um, but Let's see what other films he's had so far. Um, Yeah, so Call Me By Your Name. The man from Uncle. Lone Ranger, Mirror Mirror, Social Network. On the Bias of Sex. Yeah, so these aren't typically movies that I would watch anyways. So um, yeah, I've never really seen him in anything. So I originally was intrigued to watch the movie because of Dakota Johnson as she typically chooses films that I like to watch so uh the film itself has a very short description Uh, it says disturbing and mysterious things begin to happen to a bartender in New Orleans after he brings home a phone that was left behind in the bar I feel like that's the only description they can give you without spoiling the film. Um, and just disclaimer, I'm probably going to spoil the phone for the like film for you, but it's definitely worth watching. Like I said, it was on Hulu. Um, I'm really sad. I'm shocked that it got a 4 out of 10 on IMBD. Um, I, I probably would have given it like a 6 out of 10. So 4 out of 10, that's pretty sad to me. It got 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, and then uh, Metacritic got gave it 51%. The director was Babcock Anvari, and it's based on The Invisible Filth by Nathan uh, Ballengrude, and the screenplay is by Babcock. So, I think the critic ratings are a little harsh (laughs) Um, because I think it's a specific type of film. It belongs to a specific type of viewer, Um, you know, and I don't think that it was the trailer itself. I think they chose good parts of the film for the trailer to kind of give you the idea of what it's about however the description is terrible <laughs> the description is extremely terrible so i think a person trying to find this film wouldn't be interested because of the description so whoever wrote that description you're fired uh because the movie itself is i thought was pretty good um i think because i like dakota vanny or dakota uh, johnson i was interested in watching it however because you don't really see army hammer as someone who plays horror films um you know you wouldn't typically click it because of that but the film itself okay so let's start off from the beginning from the beginning you you see that there's some issues between the the t- main two main characters dakota fanning are why do i keep saying that dakota johnson and Army hammer their two characters are having some issues there's some trash issues going on they never explain why they never explain like if something had happened in the past and that's why that they're having that issue they just kind of move forward from there there's issues so he's a bartender at this local bar and seemingly it is dead so the first two nights that we see him working there there's no one there <laughs> it's dead however the very first night that we see like the fir- they start this story off like right from the jump they don't give us like a little like slide in it's right from the jump the first first scene is him at the bar you can tell right from the jump he has a thing for Zazzy beats however she has a boyfriend who is Carl Glusman or Glusman. And so, you know, he's, he's stepping back, but he also has a relationship. So he, he's, he's kind of like, you know, respecting the boundaries to an extent. And you get off right from the back from him is that he went to college, he dropped out, and he doesn't really have a direction in life, but he also has like a very millennial thought pattern of he's better than everyone. He's better than everyone because he decided to not go to college. He, he dropped out. He is the cooler person in his perspective. However, everyone else around you is like, well, you lack responsibility and you have no direction in life. So because you don't have that, you're jealous of every person who does. He immediately makes a starky remark to the the boyfriend, Carl, because he, has, he put a limit on how much he was going to drink because he has to write a paper. Um, you know, so you get that idea from him right from the job. And then also he's careless because a group of kids come in They ask for beer. He asked to see their ID. You could definitely see the ID was fake. However, he overlooks it, gives them the alcohol, and they're sitting at the table watching pictures on their phone. You could see them in the background, like, looking at this phone. Like, I mean, I think it's supposed to make him look like just regular college kids they're on their phones, they're talking about whatever's on their phones, and they're drinking their beer. Well, you get distracted because this other character, Eric, comes in, and that is played by Brad William Henke. He comes in, and we don't know much about him as far as, um, I think he was in the military. Now he drives trucks, and he's about to go back on the road. So they're giving him all the alcohol he wants because he's just going to enjoy it. Well, it's just a wild night, you know? There's a woman in there naked um, doing pole. You know, she's playing pole, and then there's, like, these guys make fun of her. So you're getting distracted by, like, everything that's going on. And before you know it, this Eric guy is getting in a bar fight. And this person like cut his cheek open. It was like crazy. Anyhow, they try to attend him. He goes upstairs. When he goes upstairs, you know, everything closes down. They close down the bar. Those kids leave this phone behind underneath a table. Um, and he puts it in his back pocket, goes home. And then that's when, you kind of see the drama between him and his girl because she's uninterested to be with him she has to wake up early she has to do her life in the morning she goes to college all this stuff and he's a bartender so he his life starts at night so he um is kind of wanting her interest her in, like wanting her to be awake and she's not interested so then he goes into the kitchen and that's when he starts playing with the phone because he gets text messages and he's starting to realize like oh they they want whoever's contacting this phone they they think that that person has it so he does this like macgyver trick where he like looks at the phone and apparently can see where the smudges are of the finger like making us think that he's some sort of intelligent person so he unlocks the phone i tried it that's not actually possible I looked at my phone. You cannot see where I touch the most. Uh, So that was disproved. Backhawk. But yeah, so he unlocks the phone. He's talking to these people. He tells that person, this is the bartender. He left the phone here, blah, blah, blah. And then the person is like, help me. And he's like, okay, stop messing around, blah, blah, blah. And then the kid, he locks the phone, goes to bed. The next morning she wants to know like who's the phone because obviously trust issues she's accusing him of cheating on her so he opens up the phone and she's like well why do you know how to unlock it and he goes she goes well this is you know this is what i did and she was like what she's not feeling she isn't like us she is not believing him but whatever so (laughs) she opens the phone and she sees the text message thread and then she realizes there's a picture there the person he was texting that said help me Died. There is a pool of blood with teeth on it. Well, they don't know if he died. They just saw a bunch of teeth in the blood. So she's freaking out. She tells him, you know, this is what's happening. You know, we need to go to the police. He says he'll take it to the police because he has friends that are cops, apparently. Um, But he doesn't do it. He ends up still having the phone. He goes to work or he drops her. So he drops her off at her uh university steve one of the professors and um steve apparently is touchy feely with her because i personally have never had an instructor or a professor or a teacher try to hug me in that way and i as an educator would never hug someone that way either so you know there obviously is something between them but she's denying it and he is like nah you're with that guy. So he gets upset. Again, he calls Alicia, that Zazie Beats. He calls her up. He's like, hey, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, but you want to get a beer? And she's like, no, I'm with my boyfriend. We're going to bed. Have a good day. So apparently like some hours pass by. I don't think so. But because of the way the scenes are, but apparently some hours pass by. He, he goes to the bar. He's talking to Rosie. He has some drinks, um, and that's the owner of the bar, Rosie. So he goes to talks to her. He goes upstairs. That's when he goes to check on the Eric guy, who is like totally out of it for obvious reasons. But he refuses to go to. He refuses to to go to the hospital. And then, excuse me, um, you learn more about Eric. He has a confederate fag hanging on his uh, wall. So you're like, okay, this guy is like 100% Murica. So um, he, there's obvious reasons why. He doesn't want to go to the hospital. He thinks he's masculine enough to beat it, I guess. I don't know. But it's, it has a gouge in his face. Like he's literally, his entire cheek is cut open. So he probably should go to the hospital but he has blood all over his pillow and he's just insisting on he's just going to sleep it off like an American would do <laughs> um so then Army Hammer leaves his name's Will he leaves goes to a sea on place and while he was at Rose's he saw this car there and there was this girl sitting in the car and so he walks towards her and he's like Hey, and so, like, she just drives off. So, he goes to the sandwich place, gets a sandwich. He ends up seeing Zazie's eats there, Alicia, and her boyfriend, and, like, confronts her. I thought you said you didn't want a beer. And she was like, I didn't want a beer at that time or with you. You know, she's being a little sassy with him for obvious reasons because she has a boyfriend. Um, And then the boyfriend is obviously uncomfortable with him there because he could tell this guy likes his girl. So, they kind of brush him off. He ends up leaving. He goes to this, like, ocean view place that's on the stairs and eats a sandwich. And you see behind him that same girl, but this time with a friend. They are blurred out, but you could definitely see that it's them. And they're watching him. Um, And then he gets a phone call. And she goes home and he goes to check and see if his girlfriend's there. She's not there. So then he like, walks around the apartment to make sure that no one else is there obviously very paranoid and then sits down and plays some video games and the phone keeps beeping and before you know it he decides to answer the phone so he unlocks the phone looks at the messages they tell him to look at the pictures and so the picture that he saw the night before is now in the phone except it's like previous Pictures along with some other very disturbing pictures of people's heads and cockroaches and um, a hand coming out of the eye and just like a ritual kind of thing. So he's freaking out because he's seeing what he's seeing and he's freaking out. Well, at that very moment, the girlfriend walks in and she goes, what are you doing? You know, obviously very suspicious. So <laughs> she's now can, like accusing him again of cheating on her. So she, he's like, nah, that's not what this is. So he unlocks it. And the part that I had a problem with was, you know, it's 2019 and pretty much all of us have watched the ring. So we all know, don't watch the tape. Don't watch the video. You're going to die too. But she watches the video yeah she looks at the pictures she watches the video and she's floored she's just like what the hell did i just watch so she's freaking out and for obvious for obviously good reasons and um you know now they don't know what to do they think this this kid is dead trying to figure out what to do And, and He goes to the cops, but he doesn't really have much information um, because also he gets chased by those girls and they uh, basically take the phone. So now he doesn't have the phone. He doesn't have the license plate. He just knows that it's a black charger and it starts with the number six. So obviously we all know, oh, six, the devil's number. So... (sighs) what ends up happening is he rapidly starts experiencing these crazy events and it all like starts with cockroaches and you see cockroaches from the very beginning of the film. So in your natural eye, just like the guys who, you know, talked about this film, you just see cockroaches and you think Phil's disgusting. Um, (laughs) but I also, like, I just had a conversation with a friend who told me that in the South, cockroaches are, like, super huge. They're, like, super cockroaches because it doesn't get cold enough for them to die. And so I literally had just had that conversation because hilarious. And then I watched this film and I was like, oh my god, super cockroaches again. They don't die because I was like telling everybody that fun fact I felt so cool like they don't die because it doesn't get cold enough in the South but now because I've watched the film and I think about it I was like do you think that in the South these satanic things happen more because so many people are involved in it so it doesn't die because most of the satanic stories that I hear about, or like sacrifices or things like that, it happens in the south because so many people are a part of it that you can't really end it because people don't see anything wrong with it. Oh, Mind blown. So <laughs> he is covered, there's all these cockroaches everywhere he goes, they follow him basically. And um, he's starting to see them inside the house now. And he also keeps getting these random text messages from Carrie, the girlfriend. And there's like, I think there's someone in here. And it's like pictures of like ghosts or things inside the house. So he freaks out, he flies to the house and there she is sitting in front of her computer staring at a wormhole and just zombied out. And every time he comes home, that's what he sees every time he comes home he sees her doing that but then like looking around the house and being like why did you send me this picture blah 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 and she has no idea what's going on she's she basically can't remember anything past what happened before she looked at the wormhole So she needs to start going on her computer, but yet she keeps going on the computer. So, (laughs) um, what happens is we're getting towards the end of the movie. Now he's going crazy. He's affecting everybody. He's seeing these cockroaches everywhere. He's seeing these ghost things everywhere. He's getting these messages. And now we're getting to a serious part so one of the days he actually comes home she's in front of the computer and he can't wake her up, he's looking around the house, nothing is there and then he basically sits down in the place that he saw the ghost he sits in that place and that's when you realize like it wasn't necessarily a ghost but it was a premonition of him so He takes the girlfriend, he picks her up, because she had soiled herself. You could see, like, life is coming out of her. He picks her up, he puts her in the... He shuts the computer, he puts her on the bed. Then he realizes, I should probably turn on the bath and, like, put her in there. So he takes off her clothes, puts her in the bath, and then, like, her lifeless body just, like, falls into the bathtub. Like, she just slides under. And he he goes to, like, grab her, but then he sees all of this, like... I don't know like evil spirit wash off of her and um before you know it like she wakes up and she comes up and then like he rushes for her and he's like are you okay but she's like don't touch me um because she doesn't really know what's going on she's just waking up in a bathtub so um and there's like black like water all around her and um he's like you don't remember anything that just happened and she's like no I don't remember what happened and she goes he goes you texted me and you said it was someone's in the house and she goes why aren't you at work and she goes because I came here so they're like going back and forth okay like typical couples do and that's when he starts piecing things together so he goes back to the he goes back to the bar And he remembers that he had gotten a phone call saying that eric had a present for him and had called to talk to him so he goes upstairs to check on eric and by that point him and the girlfriend are broken up and he's kicked out so he tells eric he has to stay there well eric's like no go i don't want you here well then he finally calls out he's like well you're the one that called the bar asking for me and you're the one that said you had a present for me and this is where the film gets interesting And creepy, and I think that's where most people are like, "What the hell just happened?" It's the end of the movie, and Eric is on his bed, and you see him. You see Will call that number. That all of a sudden the phone is there again, and he calls the number, and he's like, looks at Eric. He looks at the wound, and he goes, "Oh." the wound or the present is inside of you and then he basically like does this voodoo stuff and he says make me whole and then all of the the cockroaches are like swarming around and they cover up like the camera like that's what they're suggesting and you see this little tiny triangle with an eye in the center like the illuminati you know and he's sucking up whatever is inside of Eric into his body. He's allowing this evil to be a part of him. So when you watch the movie reviews on YouTube, they mention all that. And they're like, and we don't know what's going on. You see all these cockroaches, the filth, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, no, there's more to the story. There is obviously more to the story. So I went online and I was like, what do cockroaches symbolize? Because there has to be something outside of our normal idea. Our normal idea, meaning if you see cockroaches present, the place is dirty. You know, that's what we think. However, it said cockroaches symbolize a symbol of light, long life, refreshment, rebirth. And cockroaches as your animal totem gives you new perspective of yourself in line with your emotional state of mind and spirituality. (gasps) What? So you're telling me that now he is rebirthed into this evil entity because he said, make me whole. So now it's a sign of longevity because he accepted this entity into his body. He basically became like, a little demon baby. The cockroach is the gift for readiness and adaptability among others. Oh, what did Eric say? I have a gift for you. Readiness and adaptability. What? Crazy. (laughs) So... That is what the internet says. And a spiritual meaning of teeth, because I was interested, why did they send him a picture of teeth and blood? Teeth are used to bite, tear, chew, and not Yeah, that's what we naturally know. But teeth symbolize power. So the loss of teeth in your dream may be the sense of powerlessness. You may be experiencing feeling of inferiority and lack of self-confidence in some situations or relationship in your life and what was going on in his life when he saw the picture of the teeth. He was going through a relationship problem. He was feeling lost. Everybody else was moving forward and he had nothing. There was nothing going on in his life. So do you think, because he also references millennials so much. So my thought was, so we're getting deep now because you know, I'm a woman. That's what I do. Um, (laughs) do you think that this movie was a reflection of not just a person, but an entire generation? Millennials have the biggest problem. And I would say all the millennials, not just like the younger half, the older half too. And I'm part of the older half. I think we're called like Y2 or something. The people born in the 80s, because we understand a life. So everybody born in the 80s, the millennials that are born in the 80s. You know i think it's like 81 to 88 or 89 something like that we remember a world without internet you know internet was becoming popular but it was more of just something that was like a desktop in your house and it worked off your phone lines so like it wasn't something you did all the time you didn't have so much access you know we didn't go on there to just hang out you know the world Propaganda likes to make it sound like we all just hung out on chat rooms and stuff. That's not true because, you know, it took your phone line. So your parents would get mad if you were on the computer for too long. So, you know, I mean, people did that, obviously, because, you know, they talk about it. People did do it, but it wasn't as common as people make it out to be. I personally didn't get a social media i think i got a myspace when i was 17 um and it was very new it was like i think the site was only about a year old when i got it um and i didn't the only thing interesting i liked about it was building my page like i hardly was on it and i would just have rather hang out with my friends i would have rather gone to their houses or uh you know wrote him a note I didn't really like talking on the phone because our house we had those phones where like there was five of them but it was the same phone line so all five phones someone could find it like pick it up and listen to your conversation and you know I didn't really like have conversations that were interesting to say like they were not interesting but in my little mind I thought they were and I was like no no one should know what I'm talking about that's not fair but um you know like yeah, our generation, we were in that weird, you know, the 80s babies, we had that weird moment when we were teenagers, where we got to enjoy being a kid, you know, and then once we graduated high school, all of a sudden, smartphones are becoming a thing, and, you know, I didn't get my first smartphone until I was in my 20s, because I had, like, regular phones up until that point i hadn't really jumped on that bandwagon yet because they were fairly new where this younger gener this younger millennial age group they are like so tech savvy you know like i know of like kids who were born in the 90s that they had cell phones in junior high and i'm like that's crazy to me that is so crazy to me so we definitely are a lost generation there's half of us that are just like always stuck in the limbo Because we remember life before all this, but then we're also trying to be progressive at the same time. But then we have this younger one, this younger part of that generation that, you know, they don't know how to live life outside of this. They are so lost. They're very much like that character and I think this movie definitely showed all of the different personalities as far as millennials go where Carrie she's just doing her life you know she's just trying to do what she thinks is right where then there's Alicia who she is Realizing that she needs to get it together, like she needs to start having more stability in her life, and then there's Will, who's just rebelling against all of it. And I think that's definitely the personalities of the millennials, because he spent so much time, like, knocking millennials. But I was like, look, like, you are that person, you know. And I thought, like, what if this was a parallel of an entire generation? how easily we can be persuaded because like most people are still trying to figure themselves out i know people who are like 35 36 37 and they still are like trying to figure out who they are they're still like stuck not knowing what to do next i don't know just a thought so go watch the movie you tell me what you think You tell me if I'm crazy because I would love to hear that I'm crazy, but you tell me what you think. Is this a crazy parallel or is this just a weird movie and we should probably just forget about it? I don't know. I would give it a 6 out of 10. Um, As far as stars, I'd probably give it 2.5 stars. I wouldn't give it the full 3 because they left out a lot of pieces, but yeah. Tell me what you think. Bye.